Hello and welcome to Talking Dads UK, the podcast where we discuss all things dad. On today's episode I'm talking to Ian. Ian's the man behind Dad's Delicious Dinners, you should check out his Instagram page. He's a blogger and a writer, a single dad of three, and this is another really good dad chat for the podcast. As always, you can support the podcast over on Ko-fi, follow us at Talking Dad UK one on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. If you want to get in contact, talkingdaduk at gmail.com. All the links will be in the show notes. Hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Hello, Ian. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Um, now I'm all set up and we're ready to go. We're, we're, I'm okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, blogger, writer, dad of three. Yeah. And the man behind Dad's Delicious Dinners. Apparently so. <laughs> yeah, no, three, three kids, single dad, and started blogging about nearly three years ago, I guess. Okay. Do you want to start off by sort of telling me where it all starts and how it all comes about? Yeah, well, I'm one of those people that quite like my kids eating as healthy as they can, often as they can. Yeah. Um, but we found ourselves just eating the same old, things day in day out got really boring the kids were losing their appetite so I decided one one afternoon that I was going to cook at least one fresh meal a week that I'd never cooked before and get the kids trying out new things my daughter decided because I'm always moaning about being skint that (laughs) I had to put fiber to feed all of us okay um one thing led on to another and yeah, I like to share those recipes. I was, to be honest, I was going to keep recipes online, but just for myself. Yeah. And then a couple of friends borrowed some and told me that I should actually get them out there to other people because other people might find them helpful. Um, and yeah, that's really where it started. One thing led on to another. And I found myself writing for a couple of parenting online magazines. So sort of started writing, keeping it, sharing other things that we do as a family and a little bit about mental health as a parent, the struggles of a single parent. Yeah. And my take on being a dad, really. Okay. That leads us brilliantly into our conversation about talking dads and uh, the struggles that some of us face at times. Yes. So I suppose with yourself, um, finding yourself in the situation where you were a single dad, as you say, possibly you experienced them struggles a little bit more so than, than some of some of the other others, because uh, many of us might have partners or, you know, have a helping hand quite easily. So how was it finding yourself in that situation? Um, it, it, yes, it was, um, it was an unusual one. It came about, quite unexpectedly from my side of it um however you kind of just but when it's thrown at you, you 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 deal with it as it happens um yeah my youngest was one when uh, me and their mum split up um so i did have to make quite a lot of radical changes yeah. um just to fit around having a well a one-year-old and then the two boys one was at nursery and one had just started school so I made a few changes, um, got a little bit of help with childcare for the odd occasion so that I could still work a little bit. And yeah, and then about a year later, I 
decided I should move closer to where the schools are, um, which I did. And that made my life a lot easier because everything was on my doorstep. I live in quite a small village, so we could walk to the school or nursery in about five minutes. Yeah. And also the kids had friends. So that it made my life easier. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you sort of, when it happened, you just crack on with it. You, you've got no choice. You don't, if you sit back and worry about it, you're never going to get anything done in my eyes. So yeah. it's literally a matter of get on with it, carry on and make sure the kids are okay. Were there, were there any particular big challenges that you struggled with um, other than, you know, the sort of things you've touched on? Yeah, the hardest part was having a one-year-old and wanting to keep her entertained during the day. Um, it wasn't always easy back then going to mother and baby groups. Um, I wasn't always made to feel welcome in mother and baby groups. Right. Um, I even asked not to go to mother and baby groups. No, really. um, also, it is changing now, but changing facilities. Um, we would go out into town and there wouldn't be changing facilities in the boys' toilets. Yeah. Or there wouldn't be. Um, so I was forced to use the girls' toilets, yeah. which I'm fine. I, I, I walked in and said, sorry, ladies, I'm not changing her on the floor by your rhino. And everyone was fine. But a lot right. of people, a lot of dads especially, probably wouldn't do that. Um, no. <laughs> no. And it, it, it was difficult. I'm, it, gladly, they are things are changing and there are more changing facilities. There are more groups for dads allowed to go to. Um, but it was hard and it did have an effect on us, really. I remember from the first time round when we had our first, who's, who's, he'll be five in August, so not too long ago, but. I, I do remember because I had quite a little bit of time off um, the first time around on paternity. I was in fortunate position in, in my previous job that because I'd done so many years service, we had a bonus where we earned extra holidays. So I used them all sort of add on to my paternity. So I had five weeks in the end. And um, so I got to go to all of them, the mother and baby groups and, and all that kind of stuff. But I do remember a couple of occasions walking in, me and my wife, uh, with baby in the pram and sort of like when my wife walked through the door in the prep with the pram, n- nothing fine. When I walked, I walked in behind her and it was a bit like, who's this? What's, what's yeah. he doing here? <laughs> yeah. Nobody said, any, nobody said anything. And maybe, maybe it was me overthinking it, but it was just the way that people looked at me. It was a bit like, well, we're not used to seeing blokes here. Yeah, it is. It's almost like when you walk in a, a bar or a pub that, you're not a local and it's for the locals. They all turn yeah, and stare at you. Definitely. And it's really intimidating. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it, like I said earlier, I'm not particularly shy going forward. So I would always say, sort of make a big thing. Like, oh, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people won't. And that, that, that's where it sort of, it, it's not a failure of anyone. It's just how, I suppose, how, how, how the system works and what people are used to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was awkward at times. I also found in a weird way that it was in some occasions, it was the husbands that weren't there because they were out working or whatever they were doing that was uncomfortable with me being in a mother and baby group. Right. And that's an even weirder one for me to deal with because it's like, well, I'm here with my little one. I just want her to mingle with other people, me to maybe have a coffee and a adult conversation with someone. Yeah. The same, same thing as all the mums go there for, isn't it? Yeah. And it's I, I something I never really realised until I was doing it on my own is it's that adult conversation during during the school holiday I could go weeks 
especially when they were younger, without actually speaking to an adult. Right. And then suddenly you go to the supermarket and the poor lady behind the till, she's like, oh, how are you? She gets it full on. She's got everything I've done in the last fortnight. Yeah. She's the only person I've spoken to other than three young kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I guess now my eldest is 15. Obviously, I, 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 um, he thinks he's an adult and he thinks we're having adult conversations most of the time. But yeah. um, it's when they're younger, that's that's quite a difficult thing to you, – you find yourself phoning people just to say hello. Right, which which is a good thing, I suppose. It's a good habit to get into, but um, yeah, it's great it, if you've got them people to call on, isn't it? Yes, well, I think we've all learned that over the last year or so, haven't we? It's, oh yeah, definitely. Those, those quick check-ins with friends just to make sure everyone's all right. It's yeah. it's something we've all learned. I think on that side of it, coming out of what we're coming out of, I think talking and dealing with how obviously the kids have come through a lot, but also making sure people are right. It sort of stems back to the same thing. You, You've got to have confidence to do it, yeah. and yeah, it's. I suppose that's half of what my blog is. If I can share something that I've been through, it might help another dad or mum deal with something as well. Um, yeah, they're all there's all experiences and, and thoughts that you that you've had and you that you've been through. That um, you you can't be alone. You can't be the only person in the country or in the world that's ever experienced that, can you? So. So somebody out there might not think to put that into writing on a blog or, or speak about it, but if they if they come across it and hear about it, then they know that that's that's a that's a natural thing and, and it happens to people more so than just just you on your own. It's not it can't just yeah. be happening to you, can it? Um, which no. is which is what I kind of because I think as I was mentioning when we spoke on the phone last week, I. Uh, the first time round, I was, you know, I was, I was fairly young. I think what, was uh, twenty five, and um, I'd known of friends or, or family members that have had had kids and babies, but um, obviously not been through it myself. And, and me and my wife, my wife worked in childcare for uh, quite a few years, so she was used to babies and, and small children. Um, yeah. But going through the whole process of of sort of hospital appointments, antenatal appointments, and, and midwives and all these kind of things we'd never done before. So it was all new to, the, to both of us. And um, I remember just sort of sitting probably in a waiting room for one of the antenatal appointments thinking all these posters on the wall are all about mums and breastfeeding and, and baby. And, and, and of course that's what you're there for. So you expect to see it, but I don't remember seeing anything that I noticed that was all, that was anything to do with dad and, and what, how's dad doing or what's dad's role in this whole process and, and how can you help or, or can you speak to somebody else who's going through the same as you? The only time I did see it, uh, if I recall, we went on a breastfeeding uh, clinic, which was like half a day thing. Um, and there were quite a few dads there at that time. And, and we did have chance at one point during that, that session where we could meet up with the other dads and, and have a chat and, and think we all sort of in the same boat or saying the similar thing. And, um, that was the only point, really. So at that time, I was thinking of, you know, what's available for dads, and especially young new dads. It's it's all a learning curve, and uh, it, you don't get a training manual, do you? You sort of get given a child, yeah, about sometimes the same day, and you're sent home, and you're like, oh, what do I do? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. 
I remember the, my first one being born, and um, it was, he was born in the evening. So my wife stayed over, my ex-wife stayed over. I went in first thing in the morning, and he needed changing. And the nurse just said, go on, Dad, you can do the first one. Yeah. And I, it suddenly dawned on me that I didn't have the first clue what to expect, <laughs> how to do it, what, what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I had the added pressure of the nurse overseeing it all. Oh, yeah. You're right with the hospitals and things. There's nothing, and it is right that it's all. It should be a lot about the mum and the baby. Yeah. However, I, you, you you're right. There's nothing saying some dads suffer with, with mental health issues after the baby, the same as mums can. And there's yeah. nothing signposting that. And a lot of men don't talk about things. I think, and um, would just think oh this is just normal i need to just carry on and sometimes that's not enough and i think there are groups out there now um yeah, yeah. that are guiding dads and helping dads and i was in outside a cafe not so long ago one local to me and they have a dad and baby sling session once a month where oh, right. dads go on kids on their own with in the slings and they get a chance just to chat with each other and that's, that's good yeah it's important it's i it, I've got. I've been through it three times, and I think they do get easier each time. By the third one, I've I self-proclaimed expert in the field. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It, that that I, the first one. It's it sticks in your mind because you are genuine. I just remember sitting back at home in our flat, thinking, so "What do we do?" And it's like, "Well, what are we supposed to do?" And you've got the baby in the Moses basket, and both sort prodding it <laughs> yeah, yeah keep keep checking it's it's there and breathing and it's okay yeah. and you're just like oh, yeah i remember because when the first time with ours we we went to the hospital um and things took quite a while so it lasted pretty much the whole weekend and um we eventually when he was born my wife had to to go off and and, and sort of be seen to and so it was just me and him in a room on her own for 45 minutes in the hospital. And I was, I was just holding him sat there thinking it's great at the moment because he's quiet and it looks like he's sleeping. But if he wakes up, I don't know what I'm doing. I've got no, no, nothing with me. I don't know where all my, you know, my bag was for, which had baby stuff in it and nappies and everything. And, um, so my wife then after, after she came back and we were put onto the ward, she couldn't um, get up and about and she was just exhausted from the whole weekend. Um, so I think the first sort of 10 nappies I did, and at the first one, the sort of same same situation, the nurse is there or midwife sort of saying, right, there you go, dad. He's just pooed. Your job. And uh, the first one was a bit tentative and, you know, being very careful with a delicate baby. And uh, yeah. I then by the 10th nappy, because it was within a few hours, the, it, it was just like, right, here we go again. Let's get it done. And it was, it yeah. was, military operations just in and out job done but i mean when we were on that ward there was quite a, we were like the second person second family on there and uh within a couple of hours it was full there was maybe one or two beds left and you could just hear all these little nappies these little baby poos going off every <laughs> every now and again you could hear them and uh yeah. but obviously and then they, and then we come home and my wife, we wanted to breastfeed. Uh, we were told that was what was best. My wife, always, my wife always wanted to try it. So that's what we were doing. But that first night, we were, we didn't sleep at all. We were up all night. My wife got to the point where she was sort of saying, it's just not working. And I'm not, I don't think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, we waited actually 
he, he went a little bit quiet, so we thought we could go sleep, but it was like an hour until six o'clock. And, and at six o'clock, the Tesco opened and I was going to go down to the Tesco and get a, bo- a box of formula just in case the, it wasn't working breastfeeding. So I was off out at six o'clock in the morning getting a box of, of formula so that we could fill a bottle up for him because we didn't think he was getting any milk. But then when the health visitor or the midwife came around, she said, no, you're doing what you should be doing. And it was just we, it was just us two, like you say, there in, a, in the bedroom. And we were like, oh, what do we do? He's just screaming. And it's it's it it's daunting, isn't it? It's um and I remember my ex, she tried breastfeeding for all three of them and it just didn't work at all. Yeah. So we were using the formula uh from quite early on. Um and it it goes with it it makes it easier because the night feeds are can be prepared quite easily. Yeah. However, you get all that added stress from both of you knowing that we've been drilled into us that breastfeeding's better. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't always work, so you've got to deal with that side of it as well. And I know for their mum, it, it, it did affect her quite badly. She felt like she was letting everyone down. Yeah, um, and it, it, it's difficult. Um, but I suppose it, things move so quickly. And something my my mum or my dad said to me when I first had our first one, they were like, "Just enjoy it," and it, she go, like, it, "It will go really, really quickly." Yeah. And I didn't think anything of it, and. My eldest turned 15 yesterday, and I'm like, oh, my God, where did that time go? <laughs> um, I've got a proper young man in the house now, and it mm. literally feels like yesterday, um, like we were having a conversation about not being able to breastfeed him. And yeah, it, uh, it, you, I know you've got a very young one and a still yeah. quite a young one. So yeah, I'm going to pass that same advice on. Enjoy the moment. <laughs> don't, don't, don't stress it all. I could have, um, I could have done with that. Bit of advice in my ear this morning as I was trying to get the four-year-old out of the house to school because he was in a right stinking mood this morning. And uh, we had a little standoff in the car outside the school gates when he said, I'm not going, I'm not going in. So uh, anyway, I managed to convince him to go in. <laughs> and uh, well, that's a word, convince. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um not going to school has never been an option that we've ever discussed and and and, and probably I, I won't discuss it easily <laughs> um, no. so yeah that that advice w- would have been useful this morning just just when you when you're in you know you you're not sleeping great um no. they do everything they can that they don't need to do to delay getting up and going to school <laughs> and, yeah, well, I- I had a similar one last night, actually. My daughter played in the local football team. And Wednesday evening is training evening in our local park. And so she was out with some friends after school. She she phoned me up and she said, I'm going to get back for five because training starts at 5.30. I was like, fine. So at 10 past five, I phone her. And she's literally on her way back. She walks in the house and I said, right, as normal, you walk to training. I'll come and collect you afterwards. She goes, oh, I can't walk this time. It's... um." It's up in Horsham, which is 45 minutes from me. All right. And it wasn't actually training. It was a match. But the coach had told her, and she'd forgotten to tell me. And then (laughs) we were under pressure because I had to phone both my boys and say, where are you? I've got to take her up to Horsham. Yeah. Uh, Plus, but she was probably a bit bit like yours. Um, Everything was slow. Like, she she couldn't find her hairband that she wanted, her lucky hairband, because she scored a goal wearing it last time. And she... (laughs) Uh, just putting on her boots and lacing them up seemed to take about 30 minutes. And I'm just sitting there at the door going, do you want to play or not? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, and they, they slow things down somehow. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I've I've been uh, I've been guilty of that myself. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's like a family trait on our side that um, we're always late. <laughs> and now mm-hmm. I'm. Um, as soon as you have children, you're actually allowed to be late. It just goes without saying, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we got there in the end. And uh, I think as soon as he walks in and he sees his friends sat there on the carpet, he will have just switched out of the mood and he would have been fine. And he'd be fine all day, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's funny how they some because mine all love school, or especially primary school, when they're at primary school. and But they still would all try it on occasion. Oh, I don't want to go today. Yeah. But why not? And it's gone, well, I just don't. And it's up. It kind of, I get your logic, but it doesn't work like that. No, no. There's lots of things we don't want to do, but we have yeah. to do. Um, he's mentioned it. He's mentioned it because obviously school's still new to him. So he has mentioned it, but we just, um, we haven't sort of gone into it or played on it or, or made it an issue. And, and it can't, it just passes. It's just something he says, I don't want to go. And then that's it. We move on. Uh, most of the time he's fine. It's just this delay tactics in the morning that, that sort of winds people up and then that's it. Then it uh, causes a standoff. But um, today was worse than, than most other days. <laughs> it's the, they, um, they are here to, to to test our patience sometimes, I think. And yeah. that doesn't change even when they turn into teenagers. It's just <laughs> a different form. It's a different form of testing patients. Um, and not because... I always thought it would get easier and easier. And yeah. it does to a certain degree get easier and easier because I can leave my two boys at home for extended periods. They go out with their friends. They go up over the South Downs on their mountain bikes. But the challenges come with a different variety of reasons. They, they, whereas a, a primary school child testing your patience is saying, I don't want to go to school. Yeah. When a teenager tests your patience, it's because he's got caught shoplifting or. <laughs> you've caught him smoking in the park with his mates and yeah, yeah. so it, the challenges are still there but um you just have to face them differently i guess yeah um, i think with with that with the teenagers it's it's growing up and, and gaining more independence and becoming more responsible isn't it which yeah. I, I know i know they can they can be testing but you can you can work with that and you can talk through that as a, as an adult to to a teen where it sometimes gets to the point where you're you're the parent to a four year old or to a toddler, and it's just like they're just not they're just not doing it, and there's no negotiation, there's no understanding no. of why they're not doing it. They just aren't doing it today, and uh, sometimes yeah. I kind of think, get it, Rob, because a four or five year old, their sole focus will be on task in hand, really. It's, yeah. If they're watching something on telly on CBBC, yeah. that's that's what they're focused on. Yeah. Whereas. And you can't change that because yeah. the, their brains haven't developed and the mentality hasn't developed to actually think about other yeah. things. Yeah. Um, I remember having discussion, heavy discussions, sort of, well, no, around dinner time, like dinner's on the table, we need to turn telly off. But why do we need to turn telly off? Because yeah. we're eating as a family today. Yeah. And it's, but I was watching it and it's like, well, yeah, I know you were watching it. I was cooking dinner two minutes ago. Now <laughs> um, combined. But um, it's, I guess at a younger age, until they their their brains develop and their mentalities develop, it is hard to ration with them sometimes. Yeah, um, I think it's just us. It's just us, isn't it? As the adult, we've just got to realise and take a step back. Sometimes, that actually, you're still talking to a four year old. It's yeah. <laughs> as much yeah. as you're with them every day, and you just want them to 
you know, do as you're sort of wanting them to do for other reasons, they're still four. <laughs> yeah, and, and and their logic's very different to ours. Um, yeah. They don't have to have that responsibility yet, do they? Which is lovely, and that's why it, 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 most children have wonderful childhoods because yeah. they don't have that responsibility. And it's just us that get the grey hairs and tiredness <laughs> and yeah. find yourself drinking lukewarm coffee because you're <laughs> gone cold while you're doing something else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it, it was made worse this morning just because we we were kind of rushing because the health visitor was actually due around at nine o'clock this morning. So we were trying to get back for that as well. I mean, it's just, you think, we thought, right, well, I'm off on paternity. I've got an extra week's holiday, so I'm off for three weeks. My wife's yeah. off. All we've got to do really is the school run for my, my four-year-old. And then that's it. Our days are kind of ours. And if we need to nap, we can nap and, you know, whatever we could do. But... um we just seem to be as busy as ever. <laughs> just, I, mean, it, I think when well, you've got a newborn, which obviously keeps you busy anyway. Um, but it's, I think, even last year during the lockdown, I found myself busier than I've ever been. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, shut down. How can I actually be physically busier? Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's just routine change, isn't it? And it's when you change your routine, you, it throws your whole mindset. That's um, it. So you, you thought you've had three weeks off, but. Mm. You forget that getting the four or five year old to school is quite a challenge some mornings, or yeah, healthy deciding they're going to come at nine o'clock in the morning, knowing that you've got another child as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. How, so, how, yeah. how was um, how was the past year been through sort of lockdowns then with with three children at home? Or um, interesting. It, it, I think it sort of developed really the first lockdown trying the, the school my boys go to hadn't really didn't have any systems in place so it wasn't like live google classrooms it was all right it was sent out by email they had to print it out do it photograph it on their phones and send it back there was a bit of google classroom but it wasn't it was so new to everyone so yeah trying to get them motivated to do school work really hard uh, my eldest isn't most studious anyway and he struggles with school um, so I had a lot of conversations with teachers and in the end they sent home some workbooks that you just could work through and then we could send them in every now and again. Um, my the middle boy just sort of got on with it really. He just sat on his laptop and uh, did the bare minimum. Yeah. Um, but the harder part for me was I it, trying to juggle my day, day job, my blog stuff and yeah. making sure the kids were okay. Um, in the end, the, the, the situation in my house is the kids live with me full time and then go see their mum every other weekend. Um, she actually managed to rent somewhere uh, throughout the first lockdown, quite local, I'll say local, about 20 minutes from us. And in the end, they would go to her for a week and then me for a week. And okay. I, it helped them because it gave them a change of scenery, but it also gave me a chance to catch up with all the paid work that I need to do to survive the lockdown because yeah. I was able, I'm a gardener, so I was able to work throughout, which was great. Um, although I couldn't work throughout, obviously, because of the childcare. So, yeah. but I think as things moved on, and by the time we got towards the end, that all of the lessons were much better sort, their plan, there was live lessons on Google. Even at the primary school, they had several live lessons each day, and, and the work that was set was manageable. Um, yeah. And that made life a lot easier, I think. Um, 
Yeah, by the time that third lockdown come around, it was it was much more organised, wasn't it? And everybody was ready for it. And I think we were all expecting it, weren't we? It's, yeah. It was straight after Christmas and my boys' school had already said, we're not going to come back for the first two weeks after Christmas anyway. So they obviously anticipated it. Yeah. And then in the end, they didn't go back at all until, well, March, wasn't it, or around then. Yeah. Um, but I... It's, it was a. It was. It's to start with. I think my own anxiety. I was glad that they were at home because it was so. It's a really unknown thing. Quite a, a weird experience. I'd never thought. No one in the world could have told me we'd lock down the whole country for a year. Now, and yeah, and we'd all got used to it as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's the strange thing. How quickly we've all adapted and got used to it. Yeah, and it's it's. I, I keep telling my boys actually, and, and my daughter. They will be talking about this year when they're my age and they're down the pub with their mates. Yeah. And I say, do you remember 2020? Yeah. And it's, it's just, and if someone would have told me when I was younger, this this could happen, I'd be yeah. don't be so stupid. Yeah. But it, it's bizarre. And I think we've all had to adjust. We've all had to do things differently. And I've, I like to try and take positives from things. And I like the slower pace of life we've all got now. I like the fact that I only go to the supermarket once a fortnight. I do a massive shop. And then I don't have to worry about it. And, and it's little things like I get to, I started using my local, my local shop brilliant anyway, but we've used it for more like day-to-day stuff now. And there's a lot of positives to come from it. And I think also for, from a dad's side of it, if a dad, I know a lot of dads that work up in the city, obviously only really see their kids evenings and at weekends. Yeah. They've all worked from home and just changing lifestyles meant they've seen more of their kids. Yeah. And big companies have now realised that they can trust us to work from home. And for me, that's a huge change. And I think that that for any parent that has to work, that is a huge, huge bonus because you can work from home. We've all proved it. Um, and yeah. hopefully moving forward, companies will look at that and allow, if you can work from home, at least allow it a few days a week. Um, because... It's- it's a much much better work life balance, isn't it? It's um, I changed my job uh, what just over two years ago um, because I was looking for a better work life balance. Um, so I went from sort of work doing shift work and and nights and weekends to working nine to five Monday to Friday. Um, but obviously now I've been for the past year I've been working from home, still sort of nine to five Monday to Friday. But there's there's that a little bit more flexibility with it. I suppose yeah. there's been a bit of an inner sort of battle with myself in terms of not so much when the kids are at school, that's easy for me to just set myself to one side and, and do my work or, or nip out and see people or if I have to. Um, but when the kids are off and it's school holidays, it's a bit like, well, I'm at home and he's he, he, know, he sees me at home. He doesn't understand I'm working. So yeah. I don't have that divide of home time and office time or work time. So that, that's been a bit of a, a, a struggle to sort of manage and, and get used to. But in terms of being a bit more flexible, like I can, I can go and pick him up um, from yeah. school. I can set sort of appointments around a lunchtime. If my wife had an appointment because she was because going through pregnancy. So I, I could be a bit more flexible. Um, and I think they, they probably will look at us kind of staying on a little bit more working from home or, or mixing and matching, like you're saying, going in the office a couple of times a week. Yeah, I think it's, it, like you say, it's those little things like 
being able to go on appointments for pregnancy appointments or yeah. take the 20 minutes out to pick someone up from school. It's yeah. little things like that stay in memories for kids, especially picking up from school. It's um, I saw it from another side because I was always the one doing school run because they were with me from quite obviously from such young ages. Yeah. But when they were going to their mums, we got her to pick them up from school on the Friday and they loved that. That was a, like an extra special treat because yeah. they get to see the parent and don't always see. Um, yeah, I'm lucky yeah. with work-life balance because I had to reschedule everything uh, from a long time ago. So I've always worked when they are at school or in, when she was younger in childcare, but mainly when they're at school. So, and I was very strict, especially when they were younger. I didn't do any, I, as soon as they came back from school, my phone went away, my work phone went away, my right. laptop was shut. Yeah. When we went to bed, everything would get open again. But yeah, I was yeah. really cool to have that, knowing how quickly they grew up, to actually enjoy those moments. Even if yeah. I was just nagging for not doing homework, it was still something just us and them, and or me and them. And that's re- I really enjoyed it. And as they've got older, I can now do a bit more work and sort of leave the older two or they go out with their mates. So I'm sort of, I'm going the opposite to everyone else. I'm sort of building back up yeah. work-wise. So, but yeah, I like to do everything back to front, really. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting time and it's uh, like, I, I was talking about this on another episode, but because I, I haven't been able to do any of my sort of regular hobbies um, because everywhere has been shut and we've been locked down. So I think that that did have an effect on me, and it crept up on me. Um, yeah. I I didn't notice at the time, but but I did notice before it got too bad. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I think just because I recognised the signs and and I, I knew I had to sort of step in before it got any worse. But um, that setting up the podcast at the time I did during a lockdown has now. Well, I know a lot of other people have done the same because we've all had a bit of spare time on our hands, but. Yeah it's become a new hobby for me as well as something that I can see possibly might lead to other things in the future, which is, you know, hopefully. Well, I think when I started my blog, it was very similar. It gave me something to do in the evenings. So what that stopped me doing was putting on rubbish telly and drinking a glass of wine every night. And it took me away from that and it gave me something to focus on. And you'll probably find it with the podcast. The more you do it, the more you learn, like where you've got to market it to or where you want your average reader or listener to come from. And yeah. it's very similar. It's taught me an awful lot and it's sort of gone from hobby to finally leading on to other things. Yeah. And it's a really, it's nice. And also it's, it's, I've learned so much. I've now, I don't do it professionally, particularly professionally and to a high standard, but I know how to build a website. So yeah. a friend of mine got a little business he didn't want to pay five thousand pounds for a new website so i did him one and earned some money from it no yeah. near five thousand pounds but i did yeah. and it seems i'd never thought i would do when when i started i didn't even own a laptop i did it all from my phone and it sort of gradually built up yeah um and it's almost given me it gave me a sense of worth but it also has given me a target to aim towards and having not always had been in the best of mental health having that target really helps you focus. Yeah. Um, and I think we all lost a lot of hobbies during lockdown because we couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, I know when we spoke the other day, I, 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 I was training to, to do a triathlon. I did a sprint one just before lockdown 
and I wanted to prove to myself I could do an Olympic size one. But then as soon as all the events got cancelled, I just lost all motivation to even go out for a run. Yeah. Um, and that really affected me. It's, it's, for me, running is that place when I'm on my own, I've got my headphones in, I can clear my mind and just go off. And not having that ability a couple of times a week really, really had an effect on me. Um, but you'll be pleased to know after our conversation, I've actually done two runs this week. Oh, good. Just before this, actually, as well, my, my most recent one. So I'm back on it officially. Good. And how, how were they? Better than I thought. They're quite, <laughs> I, um, they're both 5Ks. Um, back in my prime, I could do a 5K normally, oh, it's about 25, 26 minutes. Um, the first one I did this week was 33 minutes. And the one I'd done this morning was just over. It was 30 minutes and 10 seconds. So, for someone that hasn't run for a year, I was quite, and on 46, I was quite pleased with that. that so. No, no, that's pretty good going. Um, I think, as we were saying before and on the phone, but, you know, I've, I've been in gyms when I was a bit younger. I've done a bit of running. Uh, at one point, I was going to try and train and, and apply for a marathon, um, played football as a kid and all this kind of stuff. But um, I think now, I, running doesn't quite do it for me. I get a little bit, bored <laughs> um, yeah. or I get frustrated as well because my head wants to go further and do more than my legs will let me because I haven't done it for ages so I'm just not in I'm not as fit as I was so I can't do it and I have to accept that I can't do it but then I get annoyed and frustrated and tell myself that I'm bored and I'm not going to do it again because I can't do yeah. what I did I used to do um, but for me it was around sort of four or five years ago, it was not long after my son was born that I started training martial arts. And at first I had to force myself to go there. Um, and I'd, I'd been in sort of boxing gyms and stuff over the years. I've never really enjoyed it. I just thought it was always that male sort of macho camaraderie type place. And it was always a bit like, it, it was fine. I got on all right. But I just didn't feel like I was learning much. I wasn't developing much. It was just being there for the sake of doing a bit of exercising with boxing gloves on. Um, so they never lasted. And then I started some martial arts and, and you know, I enjoyed it. And the, the people that I trained with, were, you know, decent people. And uh, you start building relationships and friendships. And it, and it became something that I, I did every week, twice, three times a week at certain points. Um, That's really important, I think, for... For any parent, it's to have that 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 space you can go to, yeah. Where you, it sounds really selfish, but you can focus on yourself and yeah. your and you can make friends and you can have mindless conversations with people. Yeah. And I think that's it's a really good thing for parents to do in general. Um, yeah. It's something I listen. Someone told me that, and I listened, and I had that thing that I did, and that was amazing. And it's got me through the harder times. I think. Yeah. Um, it, it's, my thing was very. Sorry, go on. So I couldn't, my one was not it's not even exercise related. It's um, I'm a football fan, so I actually basically when I became a single parent, I bought myself a season ticket, and uh, that was my thing. I went there every other yeah. Saturday with my mates. Um, I had a day out, come home, and then start again as a family person. Um, yeah. As they kids have got older, it's become less all, all about me because my eldest has now got a season ticket as well. So. <laughs> Not that he's got to use it much because he got it for his birthday last year. So Oh, yeah. You um, see, you, you've massively missed out on that as something that you used to do as part of your routine. 
It is. And I haven't even been able to. Uh, what I've, what we've done uh, it, to start with, we had a WhatsApp group of the mates at home and we would, so a lot of them were on telly. So we were watching them having chats on WhatsApp. Yeah. But as time went on, that sort of fizzled out. Yeah. And it's almost like I was, uh, one of them's um, my eldest godfather. And I was chatting to him the other day. It's like, we've, I missed the football family and I missed that getting a train, all meeting on different, because we all live in different places. So we would all meet on a train, yeah. head over to Brighton, have a few pints in and around the station at Brighton, and then head out to the stadium. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that again. I'll, I'll be honest. It sounds, it, it's, because I suppose, because it was my, my thing. Um, but it will come. It will come next season. So yeah, yeah. We're fortunate enough this morning. I did manage to get tickets for the last home game. So oh, that's for me good. and my lap, for the eldest. So yeah, he's looking. I, I sent him a message. I, I forgot he was at school. So I sent him a WhatsApp. Got the city game, um, and he just barrels me with loads of WhatsApp messages. I'm like, oh my god, he's in class. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and then I get an email that he's been put on a lunchtime detention. Oh no. no. Well, for sorry, going back to what we're saying, just doing something as a dad or a mum that is your thing is so so important. Yeah, yeah, and and it for for you know any sort of physical exercise training, it's a massive outlet for sort of stress and uh, and anything that builds up throughout the day, whether that be work or family or friendships or whatever it is. So, but I mean. They did transition it onto online training, um, you know, quite quickly and easily. And they did a really good job at, at making it as, as good as they could be. But I think for me, I struggled to find somewhere to do it because at around that time, I was going through some house renovations. And um, I'm guessing martial arts, you need quite a lot of space around you. Yeah, you need quite a bit of space. There was a few times I'd done it in the kitchen and was banging elbows on the on the cupboard door or, or kneeling on the laminate floor, and that's not nice on your knees. <laughs> um, so I just kind of got to the point where I thought, this isn't, this is, I'm not enjoying it as much as I, I, I used to when I went went there physically and I could do it properly, and it wasn't giving me the outlet I needed. I was getting more annoyed with it because I wasn't doing it properly. Um, so I kind of took a little break off it. And then uh, just as it's all been able to reopen again, uh, we've had a baby. So I've, I've not been able to get back there yet. Uh, yeah. But hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll get back. Um, that would be good. It would do you good as well. Also with a newborn, it just, it, it's brilliant. And having children is an amazing thing. But you'll be able to go somewhere for an hour and let all those stresses go. Yeah, um, yeah. I did a couple of online. I do... I'm I'm quite into um, mindfulness and meditation. Um, not that I find much time to do it, but I found it really helps me. Um, and I do this <clears throat> course. It's um it's called called Sword Flow, and it's all about learning how to do sword fighting moves. Yeah. In a in a flow, so you can learn about breathing and meditation. And they were online for a while. They've now gone back into to outside again. Um, but trying to I live in a 1970s house. It's not the biggest house. Yeah. Trying to use a sort of five foot sword, it's, it's, it's a training <laughs> one. It's very proper. However, I've got fish tanks. I've got a big yeah. dragon aquarium. I've got my big telly on the board. I'm like, yeah, trying to be careful. It's just not, you can't focus the thing. Can you? Yeah. But, I mean, before we moved house at my old house, I finally got round at whatever stage it was 
in the six years we lived there, I did the garage and it became a bit of a man cave. So I managed to convert it and put a, a door on it and everything. So I did have some foam mats down, a punch bag in there. I, and that was a bit of a man cave. So I could go in there and spend a bit of time in there. And I used to, I was like, it's something um, that is kind of taught through martial arts as well, a bit of mindfulness and meditation and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I did try and do bits of it. I know I could do it easier than when I was living there, whereas here, I haven't got around yet to the garage, so I haven't actually got a man cave yet. Um, but it's it's, it's it's on the way. Um, and I was actually speaking to my father-in-law the, yesterday, and um, I'd, I'd had plans in my head for this garage conversion, and I, I was waiting because I haven't got the money for it, and I haven't got the time for it because I haven't quite finished the house yet, so I can't get away with starting the garage. Um, and he was sort of, he just put planted the seed of an idea that you know maybe don't convert the whole garage just convert part of it and then at least you've got that space and it costs less and takes less time and I've not even yeah. thought about it but now now that's that's in my head and I want to get started on it but I've got other stuff to finish first. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing there's other priorities when you move and have to renovate. You can't do half the kitchen and then move on to the, no. the garage. No, it was. Uh, it was a big it was a big task that we we took up on ourselves which we always said we wanted to do yeah but i think we underestimated how big of a job it was going to be especially with think, having kids and and then entering a, a global pandemic which we weren't planning for no <laughs> yeah that, that, that did throw a spanner in work for a lot of people <laughs> um I'm, I'm in rented now but i have owned over the years and you can underestimate because i've done my own renovations and it is it always it surprises me because I'm quite handy. I'm, I'm a gardener by trade, so I am quite a handy person. However, yeah. I look at plumbers and they make it look so easy. Yeah. You try and chop the pipe and you've got water up the wall. You've got... <laughs> and yeah. you, uh, okay, maybe I'll call the expert this time. But um, it's good fun. It. I think if you're in, you have the chance to do it and you have the capability of doing it. Renovating a property to, your, to what you want is such an achievement in itself. And that... It's a brilliant idea to do, really. Yeah. Once once we've finished the last few bits that we've got left now, I think we'll be really pleased with it and, and we'll be glad we did it in years to come. But um, I'm not doing it again. I'm not moving <laughs> and I won't be doing it again. <laughs> I said to my wife the other week, actually, I said, if I move from this house, it'll be because I've bought a caravan or a camper van and I'm going off on my own. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, don't talk about camper vans. I was um, converting my van to be a camper van right and um lit must be about a month and a half ago um the turbo went on it and it blew up and i just had to scrap it last oh, week so, and i sort of made the start so i've got all this camper van stuff in my garage and nowhere to put it at the moment oh, and no. um i yeah i will be getting another van this year but it's again that's down the priority list when for savings um Everything else seems to top that, so it might take my, my plan of a camper van may take me a bit longer. Yeah. So, but it's on my list, like your garage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's always something on the list. Your, your wish list. There's always something in there. Um, it's good. It gives you something to work towards. Um, I something I did take from lockdown actually. I wrote myself a five year plan because I had no idea where I wanted to be in five years. Okay. Um, I sort of bumbled my way through parenting to now now i've got the ability to work out what what, what i want to be when i grow up essentially yeah um, I, I wrote myself a five-year plan 
And then I cut that down to individual years. And then for this year, I broke it down to quarters. Right. And it really helped. It got me focused. It got me work a little thing. I wanted to work out where I wanted my blog to go, for example. So it's given me a few ideas. Um, I've, I, I've started a couple of books and it made me focus on, let's focus on one at a time. Not why are you writing three books all at the same time about completely yeah. different things? Yeah. Um, and having that plan. So it, it got my mindset in the right place that, and so far this year, I've hit all my targets. So brilliant. Yeah. Whereas up until then, I'd just, you sort of things get lost, don't they? And things don't get done. And it really helped actually. So yeah, I'm a big believer in plans. I never have been. So you know, quite laid back and chilled and sort of see how it goes. But yeah, that's me. <laughs> but it's, it's always, I've always been. Um, I'm, I'm very laid back. Things don't tend to fade me. And because of that, you can find yourself not actually getting anything done. Drifting a little it'll, bit. It'll, yeah, it'll happen tomorrow or it'll happen next week. And I needed to, now I've got that chance. I've changed it. And well, fingers crossed it works. We'll I'll tell you in five years. Get yeah. me back on in five years, and I'll tell you if we hit any of the targets. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Maybe I need to write, write one out myself. It's a good idea. It really did help. Another thing I did, actually, which is a weird thing, so I'm not, not looking for work. I haven't written a CV probably since I left college because I, I went from university to a graduate job, and then I've just been offered jobs. I've not needed a CV. Right. I sat down last year and wrote a CV. And I was actually impressed. I would have employed myself. It, it got me realizing what I can do and the new things that I've learned, okay. especially like website stuff or social media marketing. Yeah. And it really, for me, it was like, actually, I'm not just a single dad at the garden. I'm actually all of this. And yeah. I'm successfully running two small businesses and three children. And they're all still here and they're making it to school mostly on time. And <laughs> yeah. for, for me and my mental well-being that that was it actually make, gave me a, a lift it made me think actually i have achieved something which is you take it for granted but like, like you you've got two children you've got a house that you're renovating to you you're just doing what you would do but yeah. when you look at that you've achieved that and you've made that happen you've saved you've you've dealt with having a child up to five and now you've got another one and when you put it down on paper it makes you feel really good yeah yeah I've, I've i've been told that in the past in my previous job by my previous manager actually that you know that was for work purposes and it was for you know an appraisal every year that we had to do and we all thought it was a bit of a paper exercise but actually she was quite good at the time because she was actually sort of saying you don't you don't sell yourself enough you don't i know all of the things that you do extra on top of your job that you haven't written in this because you just think it's part of your job and it's your everyday and you do it. But actually, when you highlight it, there is a lot more that you do that's involved in that, that, that you're missing or not paying attention to. Um, and I'm probably still guilty of that now. So but you, um, We all do things every day that we do because we know that's part of our job or part of the task in hand. Yeah. Yet we, we don't realise that that's actually a skill in itself. And yeah. whatever it may be, whether it's cooking dinner, yeah. um, it's – or – the other day, my, my daughter came and helped. So me and her cooked a roast dinner together, but she did all the cooking part. Yeah. And so not only did I make it easier for me, but she also learned some skills herself on why raw chicken is going to kill you or yeah. how long roast potatoes take to cook. And it's so, yeah, I'm not saying I'm a teacher, but I just have an ability to 
pass that information on to a 10 year old is actually a skill in itself um, yeah, and i think yeah. we, all take, we all take it for granted and we should all not try and get i suppose to 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 like it but give ourselves a pat on the back occasionally we're doing all right and yeah, yeah. It, it's because we beat ourselves up so much just in general about you know anything something silly you can get yourself really down in the dumps about but then that's fine but then when you, something good does happen really make praise of yourself and look after yeah. your own being really yeah yeah i'll get off my old hippie thing now <laughs> no i think it's i think it's needed and then it's something something i've started to try and do um i, I, I bought a journal um couple of months ago for my birthday well i got it for my birthday off my wife but i had it ready to buy myself anyway um so i've been trying to keep that for myself but at the same time as using it for notes for the podcast or, or whatever else that pops up um and then you know i've been sort of writing sort of mini blog type things just thoughts of the day or thoughts of the week and i wouldn't normally do that they they would just be passing thoughts that would come through and go and I would never mention it or, or, or think about it again but I've actually started trying to keep hold of that and, and use it and put it down and, and try and reflect on it a little bit it's a really nice idea and I think I wish I did it I wish I I say I haven't got time to write keep a journal but it's something I look back on my life and I think it'd be really important to do it because you can then go back over things and realize that it wasn't quite as bad as you thought it was and like thoughts of day, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine started, and then I got doing it as well. In the uh, sort of, it was a reverse, like an advent calendar, but you put for the whole of December, I would write down every day five things that I was grateful for that day. Yeah, and they could be something ridiculous. Like one of them was Lewis Dunk scored a goal for Brighton, and that was just one of my five on that day. But there was also some really other stuff like. Um, my daughter learned to tie her shoelaces or just just five things you're grateful for and it's actually harder than it sounds because every night I sat down just before I went to bed and would write the five things but now I've kept that and I look over them and it's there's a lot in there that I should be really proud of and it's yeah. not and it, so the fact you're writing it down and keeping it I think it's great and I'd encourage everyone to do that not that I do it but I would encourage everyone to do it yeah it's it's hard to keep up with and it's hard to think of but I think I think it, it, you if you if you try and do it and and it just it it will make a difference, especially yeah. if you spend a little bit of time reflecting on it, the good and the bad, because you yeah. can you can look at it and you can reflect on it, you can analyze it a little bit for yourself, and um, you can in most cases realize that actually there was a lot of good stuff as well and a lot of positive stuff like you've, we've just mentioned. You, you you focus on the negatives and and the things you you think you've done wrong, or the things yeah. you've got wrong but you don't spend enough time focusing on the positive. You do, and it's the bad things that stick in your mind, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's like I've, with parenting, it's like I don't remember that straight away how I've dealt with one of the kids being naughty and I dealt with it really well and haven't raised my voice, haven't. And I've learned over the years how to do it. Yeah. But all I can remember is when the two boys were young and I was yelling at them. Yeah. Um, because you just can't, you feel it building up. Yeah. And that's the only thing I can remember. I can't remember the time I caught my eldest doing something stupid. We had a discussion. No one raised their voices. Nobody um, got shouted at. And we both ended up crying on each other's shoulders. I, don't, I forget yeah. that one. Which 
the way you should deal with it. Yeah. But I remember the bad times from when he was five and I yelled at him because he hit the football in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's having that ability to remember the good things. It's amazing. Really. It's yeah. really good, good thing to have. Yeah. So your, your Instagram, uh, your dad's delicious dinners and your cooking, where, where does that come from? Is that, um, did you have a, any kind of cooking background or training or family wise? No, or? I never, never, apart from home ec at school when we were a lot younger, we made pineapple upside down cake. <laughs> I've got no formal training at cooking. I'm, I come from, um, both my parents worked. So from a very young age, I was expected to help out in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and from quite a young age, I was expected to make at least one meal a week. So I can cook and I get the basics. A lot of the stuff that I do, and I've seen it on my, especially on Instagram. If you go right back to the first photos compared to what I'm doing now, they're completely different meals. And it's, yeah. I've got, I get inspired by quite a over the year or years. I've, I've sort of made contact with chefs and other food writers and other parent bloggers. And I sort of learn from, especially from chefs, I've learned, I try and copy their dishes without knowing the recipe all the time. But yeah. I just do it in a way where I use budget, budget, um, ingredients rather than, so rather than like posh parma hams, I use cooking bacon. And, yeah. um, sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes it goes terribly wrong and sometimes it goes really, really well. Um, <laughs> but it's quite nice. So my middle lad last year, day before yesterday said, out of all the stuff you've cooked, Tonight's dinner's been the best. Right. And I'm like, wow, that's some achievement. I've been doing it nearly three years. So Yeah, that's good, uh, yeah. And it is, it's got but it's 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 great. And I actually what it's led on to is my middle boy, especially interesting food, he now wants to be a chef. Um and he it really does help out in the kitchen a lot and it's great because he can I can trust him in the kitchen on his own and he'll cook us all the meal. Yeah. Um and we did during lockdown actually to keep ourselves entertained. I would I would give him a choice of five ingredients and he would, from that, it's a bit like ready, steady cook, but in my kitchen and he would cook us dinner. And it's really nice to see that from what I suppose started off as a hobby for me has could actually be a career for him. Yeah. So, we, yeah. Um, plus it, it's, it's, we, the kids are, I'm quite lucky. They've always been able to eat most things. And I appreciate not all children will eat everything. However, by doing this and they know, because just because I've done dish once, they don't have to like it because we won't have it again, but they will at least try it. Yeah. And I'll, it's a pre-lockdown, but sometimes they'd have friends over for tea and they're, their friends are like, because we make sushi quite a lot. We like seafood and they're like, that's raw fish. And like, you can see the kids stepping back and it's like, I might just diving in and yeah. <laughs> eating mussels and things. So it's good for them because they've, they will now try lots of different flavors and that'd be quite honest they don't like it um which gets a bit embarrassing in restaurants when we were allowed out but um and they're like no, i don't actually like it that shift's not very good i'm like oh god i've created monsters <laughs> but it's really good for them because they will i know wherever they go to eat they will actually try a food even if they've never heard of it that's um, good that's good yeah and it's 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 odd because they did all three of them are part, we can go into the fridge and i come out eating raw broccoli and i'm like you're a child. You're not supposed to do that. There's Kit Kats in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you don't have to try and convince them that that's a better option. They're already doing it. <laughs> well, joking apart, we've literally last night, I um, threw, there was half an Easter egg left in the house still that no one wanted. 
So he got thrown away. He was clearly about to go off. So wow, yeah. they're not they're not chocolatey people, um, really. Um, they will eat sweets, and in moderation. I don't have an issue with it, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not going to kill them, and you can't. We don't. Some of the food I cook isn't always healthy. It, it, I try to make it healthy, but we do have burgers sometimes. We do have. Um, actually, one of their favourite recipes is a shish kebab recipe on my blog, and they right. love it. Um, but it's it's fairly healthy, I guess, because it's it's fresh. But yeah, it's it's we do still eat junk food occasionally. Although not they since this is quite a, since lockdown came and obviously all the fast food places shut, they haven't asked to go to McDonald's since they've reopened. Oh right, and I'm and I'm quite impressed with that for for, for free kids. Not even they know they're open because they, everyone knows they're open. But yeah, they yeah. haven't once asked to have McDonald's, and I'm. Quite happy with that, I think. No, that is really good because we got to a little stage at one point where we were we were using like McDonald's as a bit of a treat, and we, we'd go out and have it as a treat tea and go through the drive-through, and then we'd park up somewhere and, and we could eat it in the car, and it was just different because obviously we weren't going anywhere or doing anything. But then I realised at one stage that he was doing that with us as a treat, but he was also doing it once a week or once a fortnight with his grandparents. So he was having a McDonald's almost twice a week sometimes, and I thought, no, we can't, we can't carry on doing that. It's a treat, yeah, but we need to be a bit careful. <laughs> um, yeah, mind you, on that note, enjoy the younger times at McDonald's because as soon as they want adult-sized meals, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all costing you thirty-five, forty quid, and you're like, I can go to a restaurant for this. Yeah, let's go and have a proper meal. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, go for a car or something. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, he has gone through phases where he's he's a bit fussy on his veg, um, and and when he, when he was a baby, we we took it really seriously. And we got the weaning books, we got all the recipes, we blended all the food up and put it in storage in the freezer, and that food ended up still in the pots in the freezer when we moved the house. We were throwing it out um, because he tried a couple, and then he was gagging on it, and he still won't eat mashed potato now to this day because. He'll gag as soon as it goes near his lips. He gags. He just won't have it. So uh, we have to try and think of other things we could try. But he was wandering around the other day with with just a raw carrot, eating it like a like a lollipop. And yeah. my wife was a bit like, "But it's, it's raw veg." I was like, "Well, rather that than the Easter yeah. egg that's in the top of the fridge that we've hid from him for two days." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, it's, it's you can do quite a lot. And obviously, mine are a little bit older. So, but when they were younger, I don't really. I remember the weaning stages, but it was almost, I just mashed up whatever we were having. Yeah. Um, and so they would all have the same thing roughly. But as you, as they get older, obviously snacks, a 15 year old boy, he just, what, he'd come in and have crisps or they have cereal bars or whatever. But what I started doing is actually making cereal bars and stuff. And that, that oh, way yeah. it's still not as good, but it's better than definitely the that goes you, into it. You know what's um, in it, don't you? Yeah, and it, it, that way, you, it, yes, it's still a little bit rubbish, but it's not as bad as all, all the other stuff that goes into this stuff to preserve it. It's terrible. So, yeah, I, I um I studied food at, at school, um, and then I was going to go to college and do it. I did want to be a chef at one stage. You're um, probably better than me. <laughs> um, and one half half of my family is uh, Italian, so cooking's been in in my life for, for as far back as I can remember and I've always liked cooking go around my nan's house 
And uh, she always she was always something on, on the cooker ready for you. Even she didn't even know you were coming, but there was always something ready. And uh, <laughs> um, so cooking has always been something I've I've enjoyed and liked. But I think just recently, over the past year or two, I've just got a bit lazy with it. And you kind of fall into that routine of, well, I know he likes that and I know he's going to eat it all. So I'll just make that twice a week. And then yeah. I know he likes this other thing. So I've got started. It's yeah, because yeah. it was like every Monday would be something made out of leftovers from the roast in the day before. Every Friday would be a spaghetti bolognese because I know I can knock it out really quickly. Yeah, and yeah. It, you're almost in a rut where you're just doing it for convenience. Yeah. And that's when I because I noticed it when none my kids' appetites were going down and down. They weren't fin- they're all good eaters and they weren't clearing their plates. Yeah. And it's really easy to do. And um, you know, it, sometimes it's easier to stick buy some frozen pies and just stick one in the oven because you know they're gonna like it. Yeah. Um and don't get me wrong, there is time and a place and sometimes you need things like that. Yeah. But it, I realised part part of the thing when I set my blog up was not only did it have to be under a fiver it had to fit with everyday activities. So if there was brownies, football, rehearsals for a school play, everything yeah. had to fit within that. Um, and that was a real big stipulation. And also, I, I wanted to do it without... I'm, I have a really small kitchen. I'm not a chef. I don't have 100-pound knives. I have knives from Tesco's yeah. and I sort them from sort of, I don't know, the equivalent, the range or something like that. And it... <laughs> yeah. Every, I've really, I, everything had to work from basic equipment, um, and I think that's where a lot of a lot of my people that read my blog or follow the recipes are. The majority of them are families, and that's the bit. The feedback I get is a the cost, but um, how I can, what I'm doing with very little equipment, and if I need something fancy, I'll try and devise a way of doing it. So rather than spiralizing my carrots for a salad i use a potato peeler and turn them into little thin slices so yeah, yeah. take good ideas from chefs and still do it with your tesco's potato peeler yeah make um, it work for you yeah yeah and with, it, the big thing is within time scales so it's like wednesday nights is always my daughter's football training so i have to do something that i can feed the boys before she gets back and then warm up for her when she's back and that's it it helped me change the way we ate. And it's also, like I said earlier, got the kids eat, clearing their plates again. And yeah. not, I don't think people are lazy by not doing it, but I think it's so easy. I don't think people realize how easy that is to do. And it doesn't take much prep. It doesn't take any extra time. And little things like I can make real chicken nuggets and potato wedges as quickly as I could chuck some rubbish uh, chicken nuggets from the freezer section and yeah. frozen oven chips takes the same amount of time to cook them both. So, yeah. yeah, and it doesn't cost anymore. If you find some chicken breasts on the yellow stickers at the supermarket, yeah, it's as cheap as a bag of frozen nuggets and a lot healthier. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah it, it's nice to get that across and people changing other people's habits. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's and, a lot a lot of people out there that would just flat out say I can't cook, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? And um, you know. The ready meals are always the easy option, but they're not as cheap as people think they are. Um, and, you know, if you do get into the habit of batch cooking and you, and you save some meals and freeze them and stuff, and, and if you've, you know, if you're busy and you've got to run around after three kids that have all got a hobby on a particular night in the week, yeah. um, being able to pull something out of the freezer that you made a couple of nights ago that you froze is, is handy, isn't it? 
it is. That's we do that a lot actually. Where if we're making sort of a curry or a chili or a spaghetti, I would always make extra so that we can always grab one out in, in case one of them hated the meal I prepared that day. I've always yeah. got a backup. Yeah. But also, yeah. if if when they're at their mum's, I don't. I can just grab something out and have it myself. Um, yeah. Because however much I enjoy cooking, sometimes it's quite nice just to grab something out of the freezer that's already done and I don't have to wash up so much. So Yeah, and get the rest of your night for yourself rather than stood there cooking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, although I have started to do a few recipes for one because obviously I'm not the only single parent out there and the majority of single parents, the kids go to see the other, the other parent at weekends and things. So, yeah, there is on the blog, there are a few recipes that I just aimed at one person yeah. um and and I'm, hoping to, yeah, I'm hoping to develop it this year actually so there's dairy free options and gluten free options um because my my middle lad was dairy intolerant he's grown out of it to a degree now but right, right. um pre-blog so i haven't really I, I hadn't even considered it even though i went through it so i'm thinking maybe if i yeah try and add some extra extra bits to it really this year so there are a lot more people that are gluten intolerant, especially, and dairy intolerant as well. I've I've actually found that because I've I do have some trouble with IBS sometimes, and it's got worse as I've got older. Um, but I did go through a spell earlier in the year where I was trying to find some decent recipes that that were kind of um, IBS friendly, let's say. Uh, and I know what I should and shouldn't eat. I know the things that are really going to irritate me. Um, yeah, like spicy food like i had yesterday but i really like spicy food <laughs> yeah that's so, so, problem, sometimes i just accept that i know i'm going to suffer a little bit after that um yeah. but actually searching ibs friendly recipes and stuff it's quite a minefield really you do there's there is quite a lot of them and it's a growing sort of section of diet plans or whatever but um you don't really know which ones are, are right for you you've got to test them out and trial them and i think the more the more that's available for people that have got any kind of intolerances or, or diet dietary needs is better, isn't it, for everyone? It is. And I think if there's recipes out there that help the intolerances, but also the rest of the family can eat, you're not having to cook two or three meals a day. Yeah. And that that would be part of the, what I do and make sure that what 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 I'm cooking, everyone can eat. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to cook twice. Um, I'm the same with the food. So I, I've got, I get quite bad arthritis um, in my knees and in my wrists. And there's certain foods where I will mean I get a flare up. And one of them is rhubarb. But right. if I see a rhubarb crumble, I have to have it. It's yeah. one of my favorite things. It just takes me back to childhood. Yeah. And so I had it the other day and um, I knew I was eating it thinking, I'm not even going to be able to open my petrol thing on the car tomorrow because my wrists go that bad. Just yeah. because it's got a little acid in, uh, in the rhubarb. Yeah. But you just have to eat it. And I'll, take, I'll take a chance. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> I was eating jalapenos yesterday that we went out for a meal and um, first time we've been out for a meal since Christmas Eve I think uh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I managed to get a table in my local back garden uh, last week and it just felt really normal just to yeah. I'm not a big pub goer but I live in a village we've got a local pub so I, I go there every now and again yeah. it's just nice to go I had a meal a couple of pints chatted with people that I know but I couldn't tell you their name I just know them from the yeah, past yeah. and it was actually really nice um, and I said to myself I've got to make an effort with things like that because normally I don't go out I'm quite introverted but I enjoyed it which yeah. threw me a little bit 
I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I think it's because we haven't been allowed to do it for so long. It's not, it's not been an option, has it? And now, um... I know, when we're actually allowed to do things properly, properly, it's going to be, we're just going to stand there staring at our friends, saying, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I haven't done it for 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it feels strange. They'd be like, oh, you've aged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really, I, it, yeah, I, I, the lads I go to the football with, we were chatting to about it. It's like, we're just going to get to the pub and we're going to be like, so, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. What do we talk about now? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that art of talking is just gone. Or <laughs> we all start talking in child terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We probably. all start sounding like young YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, we don't Which need is, we don't need that. Oh, you've got all that to come, mate. It's <laughs> we um my children don't watch what we would class as normal telly. Um we have YouTube on telly in the lounge, we have YouTube in their bedrooms and I know a lot of parents are all bad screen time, this, that, and the other. But the way I view it is we used to watch Blue Peter or Grange Hill, and we had set programs we would watch. Yeah. They don't have them all. They don't watch telly. So they have yeah. set YouTube that they watch. And when that person releases a video, they go and watch it. Yeah. And it's no different to when we grew up watching the TV, really. It's just it's the newer version of it. And the TV presenters are now YouTubers. Um, oh, yeah. But as they get, as you'll notice it, once they start school, that's when they sort of start learning about game, like PlayStations, and they start learning about YouTube because their friends talk, talk to each other. And suddenly it goes from, oh, I've got my child, he only watches 15 minutes of telly a day and he reads 38 books before bed to, I'll just get off of Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that happens really quickly. <laughs> Yeah, when we were going through uh, the stuff with the house, we we spent quite a lot of time staying at my parents, and um, my dad sort of gifted gifted him his iPad because he was he, he whenever he went to stay for a night when me and the wife went out, um, he'd stay overnight and he'd, he'd use the iPad for a couple of hours before bed or, or when he got up in the morning, but when we were there, he had access to it all the time when it wasn't battery flat, <laughs> so he gifted it to him. When we came here, um, and now we we do sort of restrict the time he, he can use it. But um, I've got um, I've got a PlayStation Four downstairs, which I hardly ever use because I don't get enough time to go on it. Um, yeah. He's never really used it or been on it. But through process of cleaning the garage out and emptying boxes, I found an old PlayStation Two, um, Super Nintendo, and a PlayStation One. <laughs> yeah. So so all in boxes, and I thought. If he wanted to try them, I'd rather he was playing on the older ones like that, as I did as yeah. a kid, than, than the new stuff that they're all online and, and I don't understand the game and I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I, don't, what, and I think that's a really good way of doing it. And it's like playing Sonic, like we used to play Sonic. Yeah. It's a good game for a younger kid to learn on and yeah. Super Mario and things. Um, as obviously mine are the two boys went through stages of being convinced they were going to be YouTube millionaires by playing games to realizing they're not, and they actually do have to pass GCSEs. Um, <laughs> so, but they are both gamers. They both like it. My middle boy is actually building himself a gaming PC at the moment. Right. Um, and you, I, I sort of went with the flow a little bit. I, I, I was very strict when they were younger about times and what they were playing and age restrictions then as they got older and they do play Fortnite and they do play all the, lots of other games, 
um, what I did was I got them to teach me how to play it. Yeah. And that gave me some time with them, but B, gave me the knowledge of what they're doing and how they're doing it. And sort of then you can weigh up the pros and cons a lot better yeah. rather than just listen to BBC News telling everyone that Fortnite's really, really bad. I actually went to the effort of learning how to play it. I wasn't very good at it, but I, <laughs> they, they, uh, it, was, it worked really well because it was like a little bit of, I remember the boys especially were like, we've just taught dad how to do something cool. And I sat for an hour or two with them playing video games. And that's the best. Uh, that's the best way to do it because it serves sort of two purposes, doesn't it? It, sh- it to them, it shows that you're interested and invested in what they like, and they're more likely to open up and let you in by doing that. And at the same time, you're learning about what they're accessing and what they're seeing and hearing as they do it. Yeah, and yeah, it, it was an eye opener, especially when they're a bit younger than they are now. But because you, you suddenly hear language coming from their bedroom that you don't really want them saying it. <laughs> yeah. But you sort of step back and you think, well, actually, I use that word quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. You sort of, I suppose, as they develop, develop into teens, the lenience has changed because you know full well. It's, I had a conversation with another parent who is probably a, not as relaxed as I am about things. And I said, if they, by the time my eldest is 18, I expect him to have drunk, smoked weed, probably tried cigarettes, tried vaping. And I think anyone's naive if they think an 18-year-old hasn't tried all of those because we all did, or well, the yeah. majority of us did. Yeah. And we can try our hardest not to let that happen. But I would, I've would, i got a good relationship with my eldest, and I know he's tried all of the above. And But he's been honest with me, and yeah. I've had open conversations with it. So I've had conversations about marijuana with him and the pros and cons. I've had conversations about what, could that could lead on to and other drugs if you if you like yeah and alcohol issues and what it's done is for example he does he has tried smoking and i don't think he enjoyed it i could tell because you could smell it on him when he came in and he raided the fridge and didn't stop laughing and eating for about an hour and a half so it's yeah. kind of obvious yeah but one of his friends has developed into a slightly more regular use and my eldest asked me for advice on how to deal with it. And I now know if one of his friends or him get ever get in trouble, they will come to me because they know that I'm not going to hit the roof straight away. Yeah. And yeah, I don't really want them doing it. But I think most children, by the time we get to 18, whatever we, the parents think, will have tried it all. So I've got this thing where I would rather they trust me enough to tell me. And that way they're not doing it behind my back so much. I still yeah. don't want them doing it, but it's a relationship that I think is really important to have with children. It's quite an odd one having a conversation like that with a fifteen-year-old, but yeah. it's also a very important one. So, yeah, and I felt, it made me feel very grown up for once. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it, it it needs to it needs to happen that way because that it's the trust and the relationship that you build between yourselves, and they're much teenagers. I feel are much more likely to listen if they feel like you're listening and you're part yeah. of the conversation rather than just telling them exactly what to do and when to do it. Um, yeah, it's very much that I think, and they deserve the respect that you can give them. It, you still are ultimately the parent, and you are in charge. And at the end of the day, your word goes. I'm not like don't want to sound like my own mum, but while they're under my roof, yeah. But also, they've got to experiment. They've got to find themselves, and they are in one year's time. My eldest can get married, <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, 
it's 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 they've got to be given that and to show them respect they're more likely to listen to you if you talk to them about something discuss it they're much more likely to actually go choose the right course if you like yeah. rather than if i just say i do not want you doing this of course they're going to do it someone tells me i can't do something i tend yeah. to be the first person doing it yeah i think i'll do that then <laughs> yeah thanks for the idea <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm, whether I'm, I don't know if that's the correct way to do it, but as I said, I think we said earlier, it's we don't get a training manual. You've got a no. kind of, and that's a part of, I didn't really think of it till just now, as a single parent, as, when there's both parents are still there, you've got each other to sound off with. Yeah. You've yeah. got opinions from. Yes, I, I'm very close to the kids' mum, and we still have a fairly good relationship as friends, but if something needs dealing with straight away, I can't pick up, I can't say, come on. Put that, put that beer down, mate, or that twenty twenty down. I'm just going to phone your mum and see what she thinks about this. It's yeah. I've got to decide how I'm going to deal with it straight away. Yeah. And sometimes you do. You get to the end of that and you just like, did I do it right? Did I do this right? Have I done that right? But you've got no one to sound off with and ask. So um, that's the, something I have. If you on my blog side of my blog, on the writing side of my blog, more, more, more I mean, um, I do write about things like that. And it's more me getting it off my chest. I'm not saying this is how you parent. I'm saying this is how I dealt with it. What do you reckon? Yeah. And yeah. it gives me that ability to offload. Whether it, I'm sure there's stuff on there that I've done terribly wrong, but um, <laughs> how, if someone else can learn from that, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, have you got uh, Have you got anything coming up? Future plans that you want to talk about um, before we go into sort of where people can sort of find you and where you're at. Really, at the moment, I'm they can obviously come onto the blog. We'll give you the details in a minute. But um, long this year, I'm trying to move the blog on. And long term, I would love it to have some recipe books that go alongside it, as well as some other books that I'm writing. Um, I am um, that's what I'm really aiming for for the blog this year. I've got I have set up a the non profit company that's um coming up this year as well but um there'll be more on the blog later in the year once i'm in a position but it's basically i just want to help food banks and i think there's going to be a huge thing with food banks getting used an awful lot this year yeah and um so i've set up a non-profit with an idea to be able to help food banks um but it's quite early days so just watch this space on that one okay but yeah no then just keep there's always recipes going on the blog i try to get to a week where i can so there's always fresh stuff. There is a place on the blog if anyone wants to send a recipe to me to try. There's a way that they can send the, send the list of ingredients, and I'll happily try other people's. Um, and yeah, just 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 go and check some out. There's something for everyone there. So okay, brilliant. And where can they find you? What do they look for? Right on the the website is dadsdeliciousdinners.co.uk. Over on Instagram, I'm Dad's Delicious Dinners. Same on Facebook. On Twitter, I'm dad's underscore dinners. Okay. Um, I tend to be on Instagram more because I quite like Instagram, yeah. which I never thought I'd say. But um, it, it, it kind of works with food things because it's an instant picture of food. Is yeah. It's quite – Instagram works for that. Um, but all the recipes be on the website, and I tend to post on Instagram and Facebook when they go live. So but I do try to – very much i try to do about two a week where possible but that please don't hold me to that because sometimes it's two a month it just depends on everything else that's going on in my life at the moment yeah so but yeah no, go and check them out 
Um, you can always get in touch. And yeah, just go and have a look at the photos. That's what food's all about. Well, and eating, but to start with looking at the photos. Yeah, that's what get get you started. Maybe. Yeah, make one anyway. Right? <laughs> right that's it. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant stuff. Um, have you got anything else you want to talk about or ask or? No, I think we've covered quite a lot, but um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a nice chat, actually. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really good, good to speak to you. Yeah, likewise. And yeah, if there's once uh, I my podcast up and running, I have to get you onto that as well. Yeah, no problem. I'll be, I'll be up for that. That is in my pipeline this year, but it's like you probably found out, it's finding the time and it's an extra thing I don't have time for yet, but I do plan on doing something with that this year, so... And I'm, I'm avoiding, my kids just want me to go onto YouTube. Um, and I'm avoiding that as much as I can at the moment. But um, yeah, that's something maybe for next year. Yeah. I uh, I did the podcast first. And then as, as sort of, I, I grow more on sort of social media and join different platforms just to try and get the name out there and, and, and get more listeners. Um, YouTube is one that I can sort of share the podcast to. There is an option for that in the sort of publish site I use, but it just publishes an audio um, track of a podcast, which is quite difficult for for YouTube because that's like an hour's podcast just with no visual. So um, you have to start thinking a little bit more creatively about how we can get some clips out and get some things out for YouTube, which is all new to me, but I'm I'm doing little bits. I think that's the best way to do it, isn't it? It's it's as as do a little bit at a time until you build up to it. Um, yeah. I've sort of slowly started investing in silly things like better LED lights for my food photography and a slightly better camera, so I can, if I want to, move into video production as well. Yeah. Um, but it's something that it's it's going to have to be a gradual process because I don't have all that extra cash to invest and I also don't have all that extra time to invest. So yeah. and it can um, it, it can be quite an expensive thing to to go into if you if you choose it to be. Yeah. Um I've looked at lots of little videos on YouTube of getting started and, and budget budget setups and all that kind of stuff. And even that was quite pricey really for somebody who didn't know if they were going to carry on doing it. They just thought, you know, it's a hobby we're going to try out. We don't know if it's going to go anywhere. <laughs> um, it is. It's um, it's you do because I've probably watched the same videos actually. And yeah. even a budget setup, you need a laptop that's got a good enough graphics card to be able to edit video. Editing audio that doesn't need so much. Yeah. Um, you need a half decent SLR, digital SLR that will record as well. And yeah. it soon adds up. Yeah. Um, the, it, uh, yeah. Do it as a bit by bit and you'll be all right. Yeah. The, um, the good thing about, obviously being through lockdown and stuff is we've all used zoom and you've been able to record through zoom like we're doing, which as yeah. it does have some challenges depending on sort of internet signal and everything else. Um, but you, you can set yourself up fairly easily and, and not too expensive um, yeah. this way. But then if you decided that you wanted to actually meet with somebody physically and do a podcast in the same room as somebody, then you just open a can of worms in terms of all the sort of, different bits you need to buy and different mics and and yeah and get, it gets a bit pricey cameras as well so yeah yeah something i actually did on that i my phone needed upgrading and what i normally do is because my other phone's okay i would just get sim only when i upgrade this time i actually upgraded the phone so i've now got two half decent iphones that i can use for photo and video 
and yeah. with the aim that if I did want to move into video stuff, it's a basic setup, but it's it would work. It would work, uh, yeah. and it hasn't cost me any more each month, so it was worth doing. But it's yeah, I'm, I'm trying to avoid it because I, I I think I'm too old to be a YouTuber. <laughs> you never know. We watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any updates in the in the future? Things you maybe you want to come back on and we could talk about some new stuff. Yeah. But no problem. We could do that. Uh, yeah. No, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. And right. um, as and when I get anything else moved on, I'll give you a shout and come back on. Yeah. I always keep my eye out for you now on uh, Instagram. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. I've noticed noticed the likes. <laughs> okay. Um, well, really good to speak to you, and uh, we'll. And- we'll- We'll speak soon, all right. Yeah, good luck with the school run. I'm sure he wants to come out of school, doesn't he? Well, he might have changed his mind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, mate. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Take care, bye. See ya.